0: A Lifetime original podcast.
1: And when your parents are bonkers and you become famous at a young age, you're f***ed. I love
0: a Lifetime
2: movie.
1: Now I'm a knocked up mom. And now the hot mean girls that I trailblaze for are mean to me.
2: Imagine a world where only one, the most boring teenage girl in the world is the only person with an Instagram account and we all have to follow along.
1: And then I just really doubled down in stand-up because I was like, I just feel like there's a lot of hot girls in improv and I'm not really seeing much in stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> she took everything.
3: Almost everything. She let my mom take her own life. Once my mom was out of the way, there was only one thing standing in between her and the perfect life that she had planned. You. You. Hello and welcome to another
1: episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey and I am joined by a friend this week, which does tie into our film which has friend in the title so we were gonna get an enemy to be with me but we decided to get a friend to stay on theme oh my gosh he was at my wedding so this is like real friendship this is not like fake friend um has a comedy central half hour has a forthcoming film on hulu that he wrote and stars in called fire island please give it up for the amazingly talented hilarious hot Joel Kim Booster. Hello.
2: Oh my god. I am so excited to be here with you specifically for this movie. I feel like both of us are really attuned to teen girl. Yeah. Specifically. And so I think this is a really important film for us to discuss.
1: I would say that too. And I was actually talking about you recently because you went to Milliken, which has an acting conservatory, Uh and the girl from my high school who was the best actress, like I remember her getting into NYU and like not going, and I was like, if Ella's not going to NYU. What business do I think I have? Ella Seat. So like, you touch my high school thoughts of the world without even having been present in my high school. Does that make sense?
2: Totally. And let the record show, Ella Seat was iconic. A star. Um, a star. True star. And Carlos.
1: She's Se- alive. She's alive. <laughs> <laughs> alive and I know she's being a star (laughs) wherever she is sometimes my mom will be like I ran into Ella and I'm like gosh my Lauren Central's Meryl Streep you know
2: yeah sort of like cool in a way that was like foreshadowing how everyone would be cool right now yeah you know like Uh we don't really use the word hipster anymore but it sort of went beyond that you know like she knew how to be cool In a 2022 way, years and years before we knew that she was Uh, right.
1: And that was obviously not the energy I was giving off in high school.
2: I was, um, and
1: and I still don't. I still come from a place of thirst um, as you drink from a water bottle. So I feel, you know, I'm definitely thirstier Than you, but Joel and I met in Chicago. Yeah. And we get so excited when there's Chicago movies on here, and Naomi gets so upset because you know she's from New York and that's so much cooler. Um, but Joel and I met in in this on the streets, the open mics of Chicago, and like
2: 10 years ago now. It's insane.
1: It makes me feel really old.
2: It makes me feel old too, but it does like, I always felt a special kinship, I think with you and a couple other people, because like back then, like stand-up comedy was not for hot people. No, it was not for hot, cool, socially well-adjusted people. And like, I think we sensed that in each other and it was, mm-hmm. it was sort of like a beacon amongst yeah. these guys you know, mostly grody white guys. Yeah, Um, because even- Which we love. Of course, I
1: ended up, well, not marrying a grody white man, but a a grody man I met in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, because- I think there's this idea now of like, oh, you came from Chicago. That's maybe I'm like building it up. But when we were there, improv was the king. And I still think it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. stand up is really the like loser kid sister of the comedy community within the scene that we came from.
2: Yeah. Stand up for me was the choice I made because I couldn't afford the classes, the pyramid scheme that was Second City or IO or comedy sports or any of those places um
1: the corn servitory so i i did take the classes at io and then did not get put on a team and was like oh my gosh and i remember finding out i didn't get put on a team while i was like in this lovely little town right outside of london with my parents and just being like so affected like i cannot and then being like what is wrong with me i'm mad i'm not gonna be on an improv team i don't improv i'm in london and then i just really doubled down in stand-up because i was like i just feel like there's a lot of hot girls in improv and i'm not really seeing much in stand-up so maybe i'm gonna go this way
2: (laughs) you you saw a need and you filled it
1: yeah and and i think i've opened the floodgates
2: (laughs) truly you were a trailblazer you were a trailblazer now
1: i'm just uh, for uh,
2: hot mean girls to do comedy
1: now i'm a knocked up mom and now the hot mean girls that i trailblaze for are mean to me
2: yeah it is. A, it's a vicious cycle.
1: Full circle. This film is called Friends Who Kill, which actually sounds like a stand-up comedy show.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Like a special that Tig Notaro would book for HBO mm-hmm, of all mm-hmm. of her friends who are going to kill at the Largo.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it was filmed at Chappelle's Ranch. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, uh, it, was, it was filmed at Chappelle's ranch. It like Chappelle, it was like somewhere in his house, and it's like Louis and Michelle Wolf. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, those are this those are the friends. And
1: honestly, maybe kill means in a couple different ways. Yeah. You know, and so that's a double entendre. Okay, so the log line for this, a high school senior. I'm already in. Like high school senior, senior year of high school. Are the stakes, can they be higher? They can't. They cannot. You're on the precipice of adulthood. A high school senior named Lacey, perfect, is trying to cope with her parents' new divorce when she makes a new friend at school, Cassie. These are very Indiana, Illinois names, so I know we're feeling at home, whose parents have also gotten divorced. Well, (laughs) trauma bonding here. Lacey and Cassie quickly become the best of friends, but pretty soon, Cassie's friendship turns deadly.
2: Okay, so right off the bat, I have a quibble. Yeah, I have a couple of quibbles. First of all, with the title, Friends Who Kill, Mm -hmm. there's really only one friend who kills in this. It really is promising you a gaggle of girls, sort of like pregnancy packed, but murder. Mm -hmm. But instead we get one girl who's a little bit psycho. And I got to say, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the movie, but there's not a lot of killing. Yeah. use more killing.
1: Naomi and I have these issues all the time with the log line. Sometimes we shorten them. Sometimes we say this could have a little more pizzazz. I like that you're coming in and saying, I think this title overselling and we will get into it before we do. You can watch this on Lifetime Movie Club, my favorite club to belong to, kind of like a high school club and membership. Very, very cheap. Cheaper than being in MAD, I'm sure, in high school. Um, So watch and join on Lifetime Movie Club. And Joel, you're exactly right. We got to get into it.
2: I got to say right off the bat, this is one of my favorite genres of movies. Mm-hmm. I love a single white female, a boy next door, obsessed, um, The Gift. Like any movie where there is a person who is be- sort of being stalked and uh, and the object of obsession. Yeah. And the person who is obsessed is sort of isolating them slowly and like gaslighting the rest of the people who see them for who they are yes it's a really it's a big trope i love it Mm -hmm. i will watch any iteration of this movie
1: Okay, so we open on a girl's bedroom, thrilled to be there, being cleaned out by an unknown blonde woman. We see, like, family photos, trophies, clothes, all being stuffed into a box and labeled Jennifer's bedroom. So this unknown blonde then puts up a new photo after she's cleared everything else of, and I'm guessing this is of her and her new beau. Yeah. And then she drinks... The perfect drink, some red wine.
2: Wow. And then we see a figure and we we can assume that it is a woman mm-hmm. grabs a hockey stick and whacks the screaming blonde. It, it is sort of we we get sort of a, a slow sort of creep up to the blonde on the couch from behind. Yeah. And then the 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 hockey stick comes up, she screams, it comes down. That's it. They grab a family photo out of Jennifer's bedroom box. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this is the thing. So we know if we've read the log line at this point, this is probably teen girl.
1: Right. This is probably Jennifer.
2: (laughs) This is probably Jennifer. We're putting the clues together. Mr. Police, they gave us all the clues. But like, I really am at this point already questioning the logic and the reality of this movie because, damn, that's a strong 17-year-old girl.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, lots
2: of upper body strength.
1: I was watching this from kind of a bitter standpoint because for the last year I was developing an unsuccessful female hockey reboot.
4: Mm. And
1: I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't have any killing in it. You know, like I didn't realize I should have had less lesbian turmoil, more killing. Yeah. Um, and I also, I do love how we get shot out of a cannon. So it's like, I know you just said not a lot of killing. We do have killing in the first 30 seconds, which I honestly forgot about. Cause like yeah. at this point, we don't even know who this bitch is. You know, like it's yeah. too bitches. We don't know who they are. When we saw this blonde woman, I was like, is she going to be an our, our antagonist? Is she our protagonist? And then it's like, she's nothing to us. She's nothing. Wow. And she I, was
2: background. And, and they I, didn't even give her a line. No, they didn't even give her a line. They got her out of central casting.
1: Yeah, maybe half a day rate. Right?
2: If only, uh, you know, she'd be lucky to get a travel stipend and a sandwich.
1: I, I was just honestly, gonna, for the work yeah. for
2: the work that she did on this film. But yeah, and I, I gotta say, spoiler alert: we never really get an answer about why a hockey stick. They could no. have chose any blunt object: uh-huh. a softball bat,
1: tennis racket,
2: tennis racket a trophy of some sort, yeah. which we we'll do see later on yes. in the film. But I, I sort of expected it to come back in some way. Like maybe mm-hmm. this girl Cassie plays or somebody, some, I thought, I thought there would be a, a field hockey, maybe moment in yeah. the film.
1: Or maybe we're in Toronto. The next image we see actually does give me big Toronto vibes because we see the front of a house, which I can only describe, and it's going to be very niche, as a property that David, Would bring a couple to on Love It or List It. And you you have to see Love It. You have to have seen Love It or List It enough times to know the type of houses. This looks like a house that you're like, that's a nice house. And that does not exist in America. Like it's very Canadian.
2: Okay. So I don't have the reference point Mm -hmm. to understand that. I will say. No one's going to. This was. this is my big question the whole time i i kept being like where are we yeah like where in america is this it felt like it could be midwestern it felt like it could have been the oc it felt like Uh it could have been even pacific northwest yeah wait is that for sure where they are no i have no idea where
1: they are we're just um we're in a world
2: we're in it a- is as it is as bland a suburban environment as you could possibly get.
1: Yeah. And sometimes in lifetime movies we get a lot of like one shot of Seattle and it's like we really didn't even need to be in Seattle. And so I guess I like that this one is saying like this could happen anywhere. You know what I mean? So we see a gal, a woman, a mother's age. She's pouring coffee. And then she calls for a teen girl, Lacey. So Lacey comes down. She has some coffee. Very anti-Share from Clueless. This Lacey is not planning on a modeling career, even though she's gorgeous. Um, She asks her mom to sign her failing math test. Oh, boy. That, like, sometimes... Do you ever still get um, nightmares where you're like, I didn't study for the test
2: Um, no, I, my reoccurring nightmare is that I am a swing in a production of Chicago. and I have to go on and I'm on stage and I don't know any of the choreography, any of the lines, any of the lyrics, none of it. That's mine.
1: Wow. I have that, um, not Chicago specifically, but like, I don't know my lines and I have failed test so triggering for you. yeah I don't know I, and I and I had like a lovely high school experience I gotta um, say I, I failed
2: a bunch of math tests in mm-hmm. high school I never had to have my parents sign anything really no
1: there was definitely signage happening at my high school and I think now we really dodged a bullet because now your parents are just like online and can log in and see what grades their kids have every single day
2: oh my god that would have killed me
1: yeah I lived in constant fear because my mom was a teacher in the district and so she could already do that yeah yeah okay so we learned that it's been a bad few weeks for Lacey and that she did not have time to study
6: and she's like well I didn't have time to study last weekend I see mom I only get to see dad once every two weeks I'm sorry that I don't want to study the whole time
0: Lacey i see. be late we're going to discuss this tonight.
1: Sure. I was like, okay, someone's divorced. Um, like her mom was not with her last weekend, which to me read divorced big time.
2: Yeah. And she only gets to see her dad every two weeks. Divorced.
1: Yeah, So it's like, um, okay, okay, well.
2: <laughs> and it's already, so we're seeing some tension about the divorce. And this is like, honestly, it is painting a picture of Lacey for me because I have never known a 17 year old who cares that much about their parents' divorce.
1: I can think of one comedian, but other than that, no. And the, like, true villain of this film is divorce. Is
0: divorce, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And and it's like, okay. Like, I was truly watching it as a pregnant woman being like, I guess if something happens and heaven forbid CJ and I don't work out, my child will turn on me and will run into the arms of a murderer.
2: Yeah, that's what happens. That I mean, if... Considering the divorce rate in America, you would think that we would be producing a lot more serial killers. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. If we were to follow the logic of this movie. This is all I'm saying. Okay, so Lacey gets dropped off at school.
0: Have a good day, okay? I love you more than anything.
2: We get the classic mom out the window of the car. Have a good day. The movie is now telling us mom is working. Mm-hmm. Mom is working a lot. She's a busy lady. And then we are introduced to maybe the seventh character of in the entire movie. There are only roughly seven characters. Yeah, in the
1: not a lot movie. of people.
2: Not a lot of people. And I think that's why we didn't see a lot of death because yeah. there just weren't the bodies. Yeah, there were right. no bodies to count. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Harper. She is a brown gal we don't know her ethnic background but she is one of the few non-whites in the film and she's a brainiac
5: yes hey why don't we hang out this weekend bake some cookies study a little
2: they have a plan to study and then they discuss this is a real problem i had watching the movie Mm -hmm. they discuss Lacey's blog
6: what's this it's for my blog oh you're still doing that Yes, I'm still doing that. You have your newspaper and I have I- your post pictures of bananas on the internet. <laughs> hey, it's, it's been picking up
5: since my, since your dad left.
2: Because of the divorce.
5: Because of the
1: divorce. Because, you know, there's obviously other kids out there suffering who need to connect through via my blog.
2: Through a picture of a banana. A banana. I'm sorry, but like teenagers aren't following accounts that post pictures of bananas.
1: No. That's no. not
2: what they want to see.
1: And once we were introduced to the idea of her having a blog, we obviously both as smart people go, this is going to matter. You know, yes. like this is this is not a, this is not the hockey stick. This is not going to come back. Um, So it's like we're going to keep we're going to keep our eye on that blog. And we're the only two people in the world that are doing that. So then Harper bumps into a new girl, like physically.
5: <laughs> oh, oh. I'm so sorry. And
1: her name is Cassie. She was really giving me Melissa via Senor vibes.
5: Yeah.
2: I I saw that note and I completely agree. (laughs) I also felt she gave an energy, and I wish this came back into play more in the story, but she gave me an energy of, this girl is 24. Uh Uh-huh. This girl is 24 and she's speaking to teenage girls.
1: Yes, because she starts, like, joking with Harper and Lacey.
5: So what brings you to North Haven?
3: Uh, I'm here because of my truant officer. (laughs) <laughs> I'm joking. My mom got a new job. And then
1: we get this touching connection.
3: Uh, my, my parents just
1: got a divorce.
3: A divorce? My mom just got one of those. Okay, so
1: divorce, divorce, which like, yes, the odds are that is, makes sense.
2: <laughs> yeah. Everyone has divorced parents, especially you get to your senior year (laughs) of high school. You know so many people who have divorced parents. You're telling me this bitch does not know anybody in her school who is divorced too? Well, I guess Harper's parents aren't, but we
1: don't even know that. It's like Harper could just be like, I'm over it. You know, like I have the newspaper to run. I'm not all up in my parents' business.
2: Oh, yeah. Also, another important fact that is mentioned in that first setup scene is Harper is on the newspaper. And that comes Runs back it. into play. Runs, Runs the, the newspaper. newspaper. Yes, very
1: important. Um, okay, so the girls are all seniors, and Lacey and Cassie, as I said, like are really hitting it off. This divorce thing's like really putting them over the edge.
2: Chemistry off the charts.
1: A new job. My mom got one of those. Oh, is it ruining your life too? No. Sort of. <laughs> Yes, like to the point where Harper is standing there like, uh, okay, I guess these white girls are best friends now. And this is when in my head as a lifetime expert, I go, Cassie, if that's her name, has read all of Lacey's blog and she is the one and only subscriber and she has been studying up on her because please tell me what they connect over.
2: Because they (laughs) reference Seventh Heaven. Yeah. I actually can't remember who did it first, but like, I think it was maybe Cassie. It was Says Cassie? something about Seventh Heaven. And Lacey's like, oh my God, you like Seventh Heaven? I love 90s TV. And they immediately bond over this. I gotta say, in the year of our Lord 2020, Seventh Heaven is the reference that you're going for. Right. It's, I- you, it's not even in syndication anymore because that man was arrested <laughs> on, for heinous acts. <laughs> which could be a Lifetime film.
1: And the reason that I was like, the blog is involved is because it was so specific and wild. Yeah. Okay, so Harper has to go off to her smart girl class. And so Cassie and Lacey, they're going to their homeroom and Lacey immediately starts talking shit about Harper to Cassie. So it's like, okay, they're going to be friends. You know, like that is, that's how teen girls bond.
2: Talking shit. Yeah, and Harper has not really given her much to go on. No, Harper I, I- seems great. I actually, the whole movie I wished for better for Harper.
1: Yeah, I would love to see a spin off where Harper investigates crimes. Absolutely. Because she is resourceful.
2: Okay, so now we switch, we sort of switch perspectives. Um, we're back with Hope, Lacey's mom, who is at work. She is a lawyer, big time lawyer. Mm-hmm. Of what kind? We don't Never know. not quite sure.
1: But the jargon. Oh, my gosh. There is so much legal jargon. I was having the time of my life.
2: Yeah, it really is like they watched five episodes of SVU and sort <laughs> of jumped from there. Um, it was pretty crazy. And then she confines in Nina, um, who's her work friend, that Lacey is struggling. Everything OK?
0: Lacey's failing math.
4: She's still having a hard time, huh?
0: Honestly, I, I don't know. I'm worried about her. I feel like ever since the divorce, she's just been completely shutting me out. Well, what about David? He's checked out. I don't know what they're doing during their weekends together, but it's not math homework. Hope is trying to currently
2: have it all. Uh-huh. She's currently trying to be a mom, but also have this thriving career. And so we, they set that up nicely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you do get the sense, having not really mentioned him or seen him, that Lacey's dad probably sucks. So Cassie and Lacey were back at school. They are sitting together at lunch at a picnic table outside, which I'm just like, what is this school? I love it. Um, and they are comparing their divorce notes about like what they went through, and then they're bonding. They have the exact same school schedule, which is like a red flag. And then they have already made plans and Harper is now at the table and is like, Hey,
6: I was looking for you. Well, Cassie and I have the same schedule. So just came to lunch together. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay.
5: I have to stay a few minutes after school to help Mr. Carr with the newspaper. Do you want to just meet in the newspaper office at 3.30? Cassie's actually giving me a ride home. Oh, okay. So just meet you at your house? Oh, you're
3: coming
6: too. What? To Lacey's. I invited Cassie over.
1: I thought we were going to study.
6: We have all weekend. This did
1: give me flashbacks because I definitely have been a Harper. I think we've all been a Harper. And so you yeah. were like not even 10 minutes in and it's like Harper's already out.
2: She's done. I got to say, this. there's something that just made me realize this too. This is a world actually where no one has social media. And never once does any mm-hmm. character try to find Cassie on social media. True, true, true. No one ever does that. And so maybe we are in a Twilight Zone scenario yeah. mm-hmm. where we are in a world where only one girl has Instagram. And it is… wow. It is lacy. And that's why it took off so big. Wow. Because they don't know. They don't know that they could be looking at things that aren't pictures of bananas.
1: So this is not only a Lifetime film. It's also a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, great. Now
2: Imagine a world where only one, the most boring teenage girl in the world is the only person with an Instagram account and we all have to follow along.
1: It would explain why she thinks this divorce is so world altering. Because it's like, well, no one else is going through anything. You know, like she's (laughs) never seen a child at the border. She's never heard of Kosovo. So she's just like, my parents who are rich and white got divorced and the world is crumbling around her. Okay, I love this turning of the cube, and now the film makes sense.
2: Great. Um, so here we see Cassie is planting some seeds, wheedling her way Mm -hmm. into Lacey's life.
3: When my parents got divorced, I found out who my real friends were. Some people just didn't want to hear me out. Well, Harper
6: is a great listener.
3: (laughs) Well, it's nice to have somebody who'll just listen without trying to fix
6: things. Meaning? Nothing. Just (laughs) divorced it just sucks, <laughs> Harper. You, you don't really get it. I mean, sometimes cheering up and studying and looking on the bright side, it just makes things worse. I know it
5: feels that way, Lacey, but
6: you can't just wallow. Sometimes, sometimes people need to wallow for a little while. Yeah, you, you can't make everything better.
5: Well, when you're done wallowing, let me know so we can study.
6: Harper, can Harper. Harper, come on. Did I say something? No, no. It's... We've just been having tension. Really? Harper doesn't really get it. I mean, I've been writing about it on my blog, actually. Um, I don't know. It's been an issue for a while. Wow.
1: It's really a tough day for Harper. So Lacey keeps saying Harper doesn't get it. And she keeps saying this to Harper. And this did get on my nerves because it's like, Harper is a brown girl surrounded by only white people. So it's like, maybe, Lacey, you're the one who doesn't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Truly just a thought.
2: It is pretty tough. It is pretty tough. The moment when Cassie comes up and is like, and Harper's like, oh, you're coming, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this has happened to me before um, Mm. where I think I'm hooking up with a guy (gasps) and then I bound up to him waiting for the Uber and his boyfriend is there and he (gasps) says, oh, this is coming to you. If you've ever been forced by someone's boyfriend to kiss their boyfriend in the back of an Uber, it is, I've experienced this threesome before on a sexual level. So I feel for Harper in a big way.
1: Who knew there were so many parallels? I mean, I guess I did know this, between teen girls and gay Gay men. Gay men. Yeah. Wow. Is three a crowd? (laughs) Hmm. Um, Okay, so now we're back at work. Hope is wrapping up the Mitchell deposition. And oh no, it was a disaster. (laughs) It's either you knock it out of the park or there's a disaster. You're never middle of the road on a Mitchell deposition. And now they're going to have to go to trial and it's going to be a long night. And Nina's like, I'll get takeout menus.
2: Again, I love that this is in 2020. This is also a world where apps... Don't exist. No. Postmates doesn't exist. Grubhub doesn't exist. Uber Eats doesn't exist. Um, no. They need the physical takeout. Yeah, because They are calling on yes, the phone to make the order.
1: Later in the film, we see Hope on <laughs> the phone ordering Thai food.
2: Which is... Kind of amazing. Okay, so Cassie and Lacey get home and um, Cassie suggests they skip school. And then Lacey uses a hidden key to get in the house, which Cassie immediately sees. It is uh, not a very well hidden key. It is exactly where anyone would look for a hidden key, which is in the planter exactly right next to the door. And Hope calls and says she's stuck at work. And Lacey says she's with a new friend. And immediately (laughs) Cassie, in sort of a cool girl move, is like, Let's get pizza. Yeah. Um, Because that is what skinny, white, teenage girls love to do immediately is get pizza. They are not eating pizza. I
1: never ordered pizza after school. Like, I was like,
2: should I go back in time and order pizza? No. Um, They're uh, they're cutting up jicama (laughs) and rice cakes.
1: Okay. So Hope is at work and she goes to leave work. It's 730, which is what Lacey said she was going to be doing. But Nina is like-
0: What's that? Oh, Lacey's waiting for me. I promised her I'd be home hours ago. We're in the middle of developing a trial strategy. I know I'm going to work on it from home.
1: This is definitely a pre-COVID world.
2: Oh,
4: absolutely. working from home is frowned
1: upon.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, just wait, Nina. Everyone's going to be doing their briefs from home. Yeah, right.
1: So while Hope is getting ready to leave back at home, the two girls are still wallowing about the divorce.
6: It's just always the same. You know, mom's at work, dad has a date every weekend. I I swear, if I light myself on fire, they wouldn't even notice.
3: (laughs) It's definitely worth a shot. (laughs) Actually, you know, that's not a bad idea. But a little fire. Nothing big. (laughs) Just enough to get their attention yeah right <laughs> you're reheating pizza but you accidentally left the pizza box on the stove okay so what happens
1: there is cassie pretend she's about to light a pizza box on fire. And you do see a flash in Lacey's eyes of like, oh no, is my new friend crazy?
2: Crazy. Yeah. She's getting it a little bit.
1: Cassie has a taste for destruction and it's like, it's a buffet, you know, like she just wants destruction. And I also think Cassie was kind of testing Lacey to be like, I'll set this on Like, if if she hadn't had that look on her face. like How how
2: far is she going to go along with me? And like, are
1: are you ready to run away with me right now?
2: She's not ready for the real crazy stuff quite yet.
1: Yeah. So Hope comes in and Cassie
3: immediately is like the sweetest angel. Lacey and I were just about to start studying. We have this English quiz tomorrow and we went over the material at my old school, but now there's this new book. So I thought we could help each other out. Even as a kid, when
1: I had friends that would, like, do that in front of my parents, that gave me the creeps. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, you're manipulating my mom. And, like, my mom's going to see through this. Like, Peggy knows. And then she does this really bizarre thing where she just stares at Hope for a
3: second. Yeah. And Hope's like, what is it? Nothing. You're just exactly how Lacey described you. She's very lucky.
0: Wow. I was like,
2: I really wanted the movie to go sapphic there. I wanted the movie to pivot to a different kind of movie where we see Cassie being obsessed with Hope.
1: Okay, yes, yes. Well, you know. and like Hope, I think, was like, why is this girl staring at me? And then was like, maybe, okay, I guess she gave me a compliment. That's <laughs> totally what I would do. be like, you seem nuts. Oh, no, you're into me. Okay, no, you seem totally fine. Okay, so now we're up in Lacey's room and Cassie says she got a weird vibe from Harper, which is so crazy. <laughs> um... And and then, okay, this was kind of a red flag too. Then Lacey's like, let's take a selfie together. And Cassie's like, no, 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 no. I look so terrible right now. And whenever someone doesn't want to be photographed, when they, they say they look terrible, but they don't, you're like, okay, you're on the run. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting all the red flags. But Lacey is so distraught about the divorce her Judgment is clouded. Yeah. So after the selfie, like, shut down, Cassie leaves Lacey's house and she takes the hidden key. (laughs) I love it. Incredible. And then Cassie sits outside in her car, watching the house and going through and liking blog
2: posts. Which, again, if I were Lacey, I would go to my notifications page and see Cassie has liked 187 of your posts today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this not like any red flags happening again? Like, it, it's, it's so strange to me. So the next day at school, Lacey goes to talk to Harper and things are a little bit icy. Again, she finds Harper at a picnic table somewhere on this campus. Mm-hmm. This campus, no one eats lunch in a cafeteria. No. They are all finding secluded picnic tables on this gigantic campus.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and also these three girls are all really hot. And I'm like, they don't have one teen boy bothering them.
2: Like, what a joy. Fun. What a joy. Yeah. That really is missing from the movie a little bit. Is like any element of like boy craziness or anything. No. Like, I would have loved to see. They don't Cassie, care about boys at all. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, is if I were writing this movie, it's a short movie. It's a, it's a, it's a 90 minute movie. Mm-hmm. I could have done with 20 minutes less of mom and 20 minutes more of body count. Like. Cassie kills the boyfriend. Cassie, you know, kills uh, a teacher. Mm -hmm. Cassie, you know, like, I wanted more elements of that. More
1: teens, less depositions.
2: Yeah, more Mm -hmm. teens, less deposition, for sure. So Harper and Lacey sort of make up. They decide they're going to study and bake cookies. uh, And then who should appear?
6: What's happening after school? Um, nothing. Just Harper and I are going to study.
3: Oh, perfect. Do you mind if I crash? I am completely lost.
2: She butts in and invites herself to the study session. Harper heads off, and then immediately Cassie starts talking shit again. Yes.
3: (laughs) Am I getting a vibe that Harper doesn't like
6: me very much? No. No, she doesn't like anyone as much as she likes being editor of the paper.
3: So, do you mind if I sleep over at your house tonight? My mom is getting the new place painted, and it reeks.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think she's going to go for a sleepover. Especially when she sees this. Ooh, so yeah. just don't show her. Just decide it.
2: Lacy gets a 62 on her biology test, and Cassie in front of her forges her mother's signature mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to see it.
1: And I do say that coupled with asking to sleep over, it's like, Lacey, this girl... You gotta know she's not well.
2: <laughs> like, then, uh, two days in, two days in, too s- much, too soon. Yeah, when someone wants to sleep over immediately, like, we
1: know this even as adults. It's not even like when someone's like, just like needs to make plans immediately you're like oh okay now I'm like kind of not into it anymore
2: Uh, there's just it doesn't it seems like Cassie is on some sort of timetable and I don't quite understand what it is
1: yeah and and maybe the school year's ending okay so Hope is at work Um, Nina says Tom came down to your
4: office last night and he noticed that you weren't there I mean it's not a big deal I covered for you I told him that I sent you to the law school library to do some research but
0: but I was working from home you got my brief right yes
4: and it was great Tom's old school. He wants to see Butts and Seeds. Benina, you know my situation. I get it, Hope. I do. But I can't keep covering for you.
1: So we're getting the seeds planted of like, Hope, you think you're distracted? You need to be even more distracted. Okay, so then Harper and Lacey get back home to Lacey's house and the key that they're supposed to use to get in we know it's not there because Cassie took it the night before but the door is unlocked and they walk in and they're like mom hello and then Cassie pops up from behind the
3: kitchen island and says I blew off last period and I came here to surprise you surprise <laughs> don't mind do you Lacey
1: and Harper gives the reaction you and I would give.
5: So you broke into Lacey's house?
2: Which is like, this bitch is crazy. Absolutely. Run for the hills. Like, red flag? <laughs> <laughs> like, just every every step of the way she's giving red flags. Also, why not put the key back after you've let yourself? Yeah. In? That would be my first question as Lacey. I would sort of be like, okay, but can I have my key back? Like, why didn't you put it back? It's so strange I, I sort of thought the that Cassie taking the key would come back in a bigger way. But also the whole point of baking cookies together was to do it. Together, they didn't just want to eat cookies.
1: But, you know, that's her Achilles heel, is that she doesn't understand actual friendship. You know, you can only pretend to be a friend for so long before it's like, oh, you're not doing the other normal stuff, and you are breaking into my house. So then the girls are studying, and they take a little study break, they go downstairs, and then Cassie asks if she can go to Lacey's room to call her mom. And then Lacey is like, do you mind... For studying, she's saying this to Harper. If we study down in the living room, I need a change of scenery. So then Harper's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go up and get our stuff." And at this point, I'm also like, "Lacey, why do we even need a new friend? Harper is such an amazing friend yeah. that like your your thirst and desperation for Cassie's friendship, I like get her out of here, <laughs> cut her
2: loose. Yeah, and it is also very like. She has made the divorce such a big part of her personality.
1: Right. That
2: anybody, anybody who isn't sort of in divorce world with her, she's not interested. You're
1: right. You're right.
2: So then this awkward moment happens. Harper goes up and then she hears a noise in Hope, the mom's room. So she goes to investigate. Nothing's there. But Hope, who we didn't even know was home at this point. Right. Walks in behind her and is like, Harper,
5: hi, what are you doing in here? I'm sorry, Hope. I thought, um... Is everything okay? Yeah, fine. I shouldn't be in here. I'm so sorry. Okay.
2: But then, of course, after everyone leaves the room, we see the closet door sort of creak open.
5: And I
1: feel for Harper so much because, like, there's mortified, and then there's like goody two shoe Val Victorian mortified. Yes. And, like, yes. to be reprimanded by one of your friend's parents, that is straight A student kryptonite. Like, that yeah. is the worst thing that could happen to Harper. So at this point, I'm like, I hate Cassie. <laughs> yeah.
2: Harper is going to bring this up in therapy. As a life. 30-year-old.
1: Yeah. As a
2: yeah. 30-year-old. She mm-hmm. will remember this moment forever. So Lacey immediately lies to her mom about what she got in the biology test. And Harper immediately clocks this and knows it was Cassie's influence. And it, again, I mean, they kind of call it out, but it's like, girl, if you're going to lie about what score you got on your failed biology test, maybe don't make it a 96.
1: Yeah which is Cassie's point and also illustrates that like Lacey's not like a good bad girl. <laughs> like she's just like I got an A+. Plus. Yeah. Um okay, so mom finally talks to David, Lacey's dad. He has been dodging her and I feel like my instincts are right. He sucks. And I hope it says she's worried about Lacey. And then we see that Cassie is spying and eavesdropping on their whole call. As a teen, I could not have been less interested in my friend's parents' phone calls. Um, but we do find out that David, ugh, cheated with his secretary. And it's like, how hack, David? Yeah. And then we also see Cassie eavesdropping on Harper, telling Lacey that Cassie isn't a good
5: influence. I don't like the way you act around her, Lacey. It's like you have nothing to lose.
6: What does that mean? I don't think she's
1: a good influence on you. And that's, like, the least of her concerns, too. It's like, she also broke into your house. You know, like, Harper is the voice of reason. And Harper's the smartest one of the three of you. Just listen to her.
2: Absolutely. The Chinese food has arrived. The gals are eating. And Cassie says she loves her new school. And then she slips in this tidbit.
3: And it's nice having somebody to talk to about the divorce, especially someone who understands My parents got divorced around the same time you did, and for the same reason. I remember I was so angry when I found out my dad cheated on my mom, but. Wait, what? Yeah, my dad cheated too.
0: Mom? Honey, we can discuss this later. No, we can discuss this right now. We didn't want to say anything. We didn't want to make this any harder for you.
3: You didn't know. Lacey, I'm so sorry. Harper, you didn't tell me that she didn't know. What? Yeah, you told me you were digging around to find out what happened so you could help, but you didn't tell me. I never
5: said anything. You knew? Lacey, I swear I didn't. Honey? Lacey. (laughs) Wait, I'm so sorry. Hope. I swear I never said anything. I would never- Harper, is that what you were doing upstairs?
0: Snooping around? No. I I thought I heard something, but... You know what? It's getting late. I think it's time you went home.
2: A, it's crazy that Lacey didn't know this. Like, a 17-year-old, you pick up on things. Like, yeah. it is it is wild to me that they were able to, uh, like, sort of hide that away from her. And then they all immediately turn on Harper. <gasps> um And it is crazy. It's like, it is a vital part of these movies, which is the person who knows the truth about the crazy person must be gaslit for a Mm -hmm. good portion of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was at this point that I was really like, gosh, I wish this movie were actually about Harper. Of course. I wish this movie were about like seeing your friend get sort of pulled in by a crazy person and and feeling powerless to stop it and like being the only one to know. She is like Cassandra. No one is listening to her. She knows. And it is, I will say I kind of go along with a lot of this, but Hope kicking Harper out and Hope also being like, you were in my room and that's how you found out my husband cheated on me. I'm a little like, I, I don't see it. I don't get that response from the mom specifically.
1: Harper has a newspaper to run. OK, she's got AP classes. She does not care if and also Harper's smart. I'm sure she was like, yeah, David's having sex with his secretary. It's like this is the brainiac. Let's listen to the brainiac. Yeah. Um, and then you definitely see like, OK, well, Lacey, this apple does not fall far from this dense tree. Um, well, and if
2: we thought, what are you doing in my room was going to scar Harper for life? Oh, I think it's time to just, go. Oh, my gosh. I mean, our friend since kindergarten. Friends since kindergarten. Can you imagine hearing one of your friend's moms, even now, no. say, I think it's time to go?
1: No, absolutely not. My- um, okay. Maybe it's racist, too. So now Lacey is com- they're up in Lacey's room. She's confiding in Cassie.
6: I just can't believe it. There's no one in my life I can trust. You can trust me
1: which is exactly what Cassie wanted to happen. She ran into her arms um, and still blaming all of it on
2: Harper. Saying because Harper is a journalist yes, at heart. Yes, yes. So we knew this would come back. The school. Knew, so
1: that go. played into Cassie's hand well. And then the girls
2: hug. Yeah. Ah! It is at this point in the movie where I'm like, Lacey is really stupid. Is dim. Is a dim girl. I mean, no wonder she's failing all these tests. Right. Like, we thought she was failing because of the divorce. No, 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 no. This girl should be in remedial classes, okay?
4: Well, I'm
1: like, no wonder Cassie's like, this girl's an easy target. I'll just like yeah. her blog, and then make her cookies and she'll be in my, I mean, and it took two
2: days. Days, two days for this to happen. It is wild. She, I,
1: this has to be the easiest mark she's ever had. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I hope it's at work. And then Nina's like, someone's in your office. Hey.
3: I know we've had our problems, Hope, but I never thought you would deliberately hurt our daughter to get back at me. Nice to see you too, David. I don't want to play these games. I'm not messing around here. Stan. Hey. keep your voice down. I will not keep my voice down.
0: Hey, you were in my office with my boss listening. Okay. If you want me to lose my job, keep doing what you're doing, but if you don't want to see your child support payments double because I'm unemployed, I suggest you shut up and listen to me. Now, I'm not the one who told Lacey about the one of her friends did. Who? How would they know? It doesn't matter. Well, now she's not talking
3: to me, Hope. She texted to say she's not coming again next weekend. She won't return my calls.
0: She's not talking to me either. She didn't say a word to me all weekend. Well, you could have given me a heads up. And you could have answered your phone.
4: So, what do we do now?
0: I think we sit Lacey down and explain everything. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah, sure. Because, yeah, it's fine for you. You weren't the one who. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. When?
0: Tomorrow.
3: Yeah, I'll come over after work.
0: Great. I'll be home at eight. Well, who's taking care of Lacey? She's 17 years old, David. She can look after herself for a few hours. Well, I don't like the idea of her being alone at home for hours on end. And he's like 8 p.m.
2: But who's gonna be with Lacey until then? Their 17-year-old daughter. He's this man is concerned about her being home alone.
1: Okay, but here's the thing. Maybe they know she's dumb.
2: Yeah, I you actually are <laughs> You are absolutely right. They know their daughter. I would not trust this girl. After everything I've seen from this film up to this point, I would not trust this girl at home alone either. The fact that they even let her know where that extra key is. Yeah, I know. Okay, so at school, um, Harper approaches Lacey. Lacey still believes everything Cassie says. uh, That Harper is sort of incensed that Harper is acting innocent. She again sort of gives her like the spiel about like, oh, it's for your newspaper, all of these things. Um, And then immediately Cassie does this famous moment in movie history where the person who knows the truth is watching them walk away. And Cassie turns around and gives her one of those I won smiles. She says, I won. Yes. And that lets Harper know, okay, I was right. This bitch is crazy.
1: Yes. And this is when I think the movie starts to be like, this is what I wanted to see. Okay, so Harper watches Cassie and Lacey leave the school together. And then she goes to try and get into the school's teacher portal. And she's smart. So she calls the newspaper teacher and convinces him to give her his teacher login.
5: Hey, Mr. Carr, it's Harper. I'm I'm so sorry to bother you, but I'm at the printer with the newspaper and my login just doesn't seem to be working. Um... It says I need administrative access. Can I just use your login and I promise to forget it as soon as I... Thank you.
1: As I was watching this, I was like, I know I could have gotten a teacher to do this because I was a Harper. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, Cassie, you've met your match, bitch, because you're picking the Val Victorian and the head of the newspaper. She's not going down without a fight. She's got
2: resources. Exactly. She's got resources you've never even heard of. Now, I was watching this sequence take place of like the whole back and forth with the teacher. And it was kind of funny because it was like so specific. But also I liked it because I was like, At this point, I want more of, like, Harper being competent. Yes. And, like, it felt a little late in the game to sort of, like, add that moment, but I was, like, I was into it.
1: I also think she was being so specific so the teacher would be like, yeah, 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 all right, it's one, two, three, four, Jim. You know, like, (laughs) he was just like, I don't care, Harper, what are you going to do? Apply (laughs) to Cornell again?
2: (laughs) So at home, Hope is trying to get Lacey to talk to her. Hope finally lets her guard down about the cheating and says Lacey has to call her dad. And Hope is going to meet with all her teachers. They share a tender I love you. Things seem good there. And then Lacey texts Cassie to tell her that her mom is meeting with all the teachers. And Cassie says she'll get her out of it.
1: (laughs) What And Lacey still likes
2: this girl It's so crazy. so crazy
1: Okay so then Harper comes over And she reiterates that she had nothing to do With finding out the dad was cheating And then And this is all to hope And so then she pulls out Cassie's student record And Cassie's old school Where she said she went Has no record of her And Harper thinks Cassie is lying About who she says she
5: is I also called her elementary middle school district They have no record of her either
0: So what are you saying, Harper?
5: I don't think Cassie's who she says she is. Hope, please. Something isn't right here. Just promise me you'll be careful with Cassie. For
1: some reason, Hope, who is an attorney, is (laughs) like, no, Harper, you're way off on this. There's a reasonable
2: explanation for (laughs) this, which, to be fair, like, The reasonable explanations that she gives...
0: Like, maybe Cassie changed her name after the divorce and they have her old name in their files. Sure.
2: That is within the realm of possibility. But taking in all the context, you have a girl here that you've known since she was in the second grade. Yeah. You know that she is an upstanding, good student. Why would she lie about all of this? It doesn't make any sense. Why would
1: she care about your divorce? Um, And so then Hope basically throws Harper out for a second time. (laughs) Can't believe Harper, like a poor wounded a smart
2: dog keeps coming yeah, back if, for more. If I were this girl, I'm sorry. I'd be like, okay, peace out. Like yeah, I tried to okay. help y'all. Yep. Enjoy your crazy. White girlfriend. Like, I don't need this in my life. I don't need this drama in my life. She's
1: going to burn down your house. She's going to burn down your weird limestone house. So I'll see you. I'm going to go to an Ivy League school, have fun with your dumb
2: daughter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the fact that this girl still keeps coming back is wild. So, of course, Cassie is watching Harper leave from her parked car. And then she once again is on that blog, tip, (laughs) tap, tapping away. And we don't really get a sense from, The rest of them, we see Lacey post on the blog one time in the movie and then never again. The blog is simply a device to be used in this way. Um.
1: They sort of use it as a tool to be like, when Cassie is at her craziest, she likes a photo on the blog. And it's like, now that I do understand. (laughs) Okay, so now we're back in the parking lot. The school parking lot is really where Harper does her best work. So she's waiting in her car. Cassie and Lacey go into the school and then Harper goes and breaks into Cassie's car. Yes, a resourceful nerd. This is what we need. So she pops her trunk and she finds a shirt from Hamptons High. And that is not where Cassie said she went. And then she sees a family photo and it's the same photo we saw at the beginning of the movie with the scene with the bloody hockey stick. And she's like taking photos of all these things. And then she turns and Cassie is standing right behind her.
2: Scary. Very scary. Scary. Also, question. Why did Cassie keep that hockey stick? I don't think Cassie's smart either. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's like one smart character in this movie. (laughs) Yes. Why would you hold on to the murder weapon? Girl, you're (laughs) driving all over. (laughs) Like, ditch that thing in a river.
1: (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, it was funny to be like, well, she kept the very obvious murder weapon.
2: I I will say, though, props to the set deck. Who created the trunk? Because that is exactly what my trunk yes. looks like in high school. Yeah. Exactly. Like just full of trash and hoodies yeah. and like things. Um, it, that is the most realistic thing about this movie is that trunk. Mm-hmm. So then we get a hard cut and we don't know what happens to Harper. Very, very scared at this point. We flash to Hope at work, Nina telling her
4: Your opening statement. You have notes. Just one. It's kind of big. You're brilliant. What? (laughs) It's perfect. The whole part about how Mr. Davis built his business to support the community, it makes me think that we should countersue. Thank you.
1: (gasps) Things are going well. I Harper. know. They're really building this up. Okay. So then Lacey and Cassie are leaving school and then like Cassie makes this hard turn and is like, you know what? Maybe actually you should talk to Harper. And so Lacey goes up to Harper's car. Um, Harper's like sitting in her car weirdly and she opens the door and then Harper falls out and she is just like bloodied and beaten and Lacey starts yelling for help.
4: Someone call 911!
2: Now, absolutely none of this makes sense. (laughs) Why would Cassie not kill Harper in in that moment? Like, I need something. I need, like, her being interrupted. I need some reason why Cassie did not kill this bitch. We know she's a murderer.
1: I thought she was dead. I thought Harper was dead.
2: Yeah. And then to put Harper in her driver's seat like what is that supposed to like i don't understand what that's supposed to do and i don't understand why she sent lacy over there like let her bleed out
1: i think maybe cassie thought she did kill her because as we saw it only took one swing to kill whoever that blonde woman was at the beginning but it's like you don't know harper harper's resilient okay she's not a blonde bitch she's a brown woman in a white woman's world
2: yeah she knows so immediately, Lacey calls Hope at work right before she's supposed to go into her trial prep meeting.
0: It, it's my daughter. There's been an accident. Is she okay? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think so. But it's her best friend. I, I...
4: Okay, well, we have a meeting with the partners. You can't just leave.
0: I'm so sorry, Nina. The partners will have to understand.
4: No, they won't. Look, I stuck my neck out getting you this meeting. You can't just blow it off.
0: Nina, I'm sorry. My daughter needs me. I have to go. Hope. Oh.
2: Nina is pissed. She is choosing her daughter over her. Now, here's the thing. If I were in Hope's position, yeah. high, powerful trial lawyer, trying to start my career over, have this big opportunity, and my daughter called me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: my first question would be like, honey, are you okay? Yes. And she would say, yes, I'm okay. My friend is in the hospital. I mm-hmm. would be like, that's awful. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I will be there in one hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is... I'm sorry, weighing all the things, it's not urgent for, like, where are Harper's parents?
1: I know. And I I think there's also a case to be made of, like, that is awful. Call your father. (laughs) You know, like, you see him once every two weeks. I've got a trial to prepare for. Mitchell is a slippery one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So Harper is in the hospital. Lacey's by her side. Um, Hope mom arrives and they don't know if she's going to make it, Mm. which again, like it's sort of like if this were not a Lifetime movie, Harper would be dead.
1: Well, also, I think they know that Harper's our favorite character at this point, you know,
2: important. They okay. don't have well, they don't they simply don't have enough characters in the film to kill off any. No,
1: so, and we love her. Okay, so then later that night, um, Lacey and Hope get back home, and David is at the house waiting for them, and he's pissed. And I'm like, no, David, I'm pissed at you. You know, like where have you been? And then we see that there's a policeman, a detective there to ask questions. So the detective starts questioning Lacey and he seems very suspicious.
4: I spoke to some of the other students at your school. They said you and Harper hadn't been speaking recently.
6: I was, we were in a fight, but it was
4: What was the fight about? What does this have to do with anything?
1: So then Hope goes into lawyer mode and she's like,
0: Detective, I hope you're not suggesting what it sounds like you're suggesting.
4: What am I suggesting?
0: I'm allowing you to interview my daughter to assist in your investigation. If she's a suspect, I am shutting this down right now.
4: Mrs. Carter, I'm simply trying to find out what happened.
0: By implicating my daughter?
4: Is she implicated? The students at the school say she and Harper had a close relationship. If They had a fight, Lacey was
0: angry. You don't need to finish that sentence. We're done here.
4: And if we're done here, maybe we can continue this down at the station.
0: I'm an attorney, Detective. We're not going down at the station unless you have a warrant. And if all you have is the fact that two teenagers stopped speaking, I think we both know there's not going to be any warrant. Good night
1: and then he hands her his card and she is shocked to see that he is a part of the homicide unit
2: yeah which is again a mo- where he was like i don't this this could turn into a homicide at any moment yeah that detective i know him from i just saw him in station 11 on hbo so good for him okay he is okay? booked and blessed he is, he is booked and blessed So the next morning, Hope and Lacey are at home and Cassie shows up looking for Lacey. Lacey hides and Cassie like very aggressively tries to enter the home. Hope makes up a lie about Lacey being at her dad. And then Lacey tells her mom the truth.
6: She was with me when I found Harper and she just disappeared. I I had to get a ride to the hospital with Lindsay Sherman.
0: Well, maybe she just
6: didn't want to get in the way. No, I don't. I don't think that's what this is. She, she was really mean to Harper.
1: Okay, great. So Hope and, and Lacey had had zero conversation about Cassie up until this point. And I was so grateful and relieved that when Cassie showed up, Lacey's instinct was to be like, I need to hide from this bitch. Like that, to me, I'm like, okay, maybe a 62 on biology isn't representative of your intelligence because now you're finally starting to think like you're a battered friend. Um, Okay, so then Lacey gets a text and finds out that Harper has opened her eyes. Woo! So they're going to go to the hospital, but Cassie is outside and she's watching all of this. And she obviously sees that Lacey
2: is at home and she is pissed. So with Harper lying in the hospital bed, um, completely unattended. This is this happens in every range of
1: films. Someone has been attacked and then they are in the hospital completely unattended. And it's like if there's anything we know, it's that we're living in a police state and there are police to go around. Like, I think police... I was in the emergency room for seven hours when I had very bad dehydration from morning sickness.
2: I saw three hot firemen, three cops. Like police love to be at the hospital. Especially, okay, if they think this is gonna be a homicide, yes. there's gonna be officers outside the door, honey. Okay, protect this girl. No, not a parent in sight.
1: Harper's a Val Victorian, and her parents are like, just leave her unattended.
3: I want you to hear this. Lacey is my friend now. And if you think that you're going to take her back, (laughs) you're dead wrong.
2: um, And then goes for the classic move of smothering her with a pillow. (laughs) When Lacey walks in, um, and Cassie immediately tries to play it off, but Lacey is clearly not buying it.
6: Lacey, hey. What are you doing here?
2: But Cassie says yesterday she was looking for help when she disappeared after telling Lacey to go and check on Harper.
3: Lacey, no. I ran to get help. I was trying to find the school nurse, but... By the time I got back, you two were gone, and I didn't know what hospital you were at.
2: Lacey does buy it. Now Uh, I think she's done again. Now I'm like, no, no. What? Every time we think she's making a step forward, it's just like, nope. (laughs) But then Cassie slips up.
3: It's scary to think there's someone out there who could do something like this. To attack Harper and put her in her car like that. What What do you mean? It just seems so messed up. Like they wanted somebody to find her. No,
6: no, I mean... What do you mean, put her in her car? How do you know where Harper was attacked?
1: She's like, it's weird that they put her in her car. And it's like, nobody said that. (laughs) But like, that is obviously what happened. It's not, her car didn't beat her up. (laughs) Um, So Cassie leaves, and Lacey's obviously suspicious at this point. So she starts snooping through Harper's phone. I did like this move. She uses her unconscious friend's thumb to open her phone. And I wish
2: this movie were made now, so that she would have had to hold open Harper's eyes (laughs) using face ID. Yeah.
1: be like, Harbor baby, I need Which, you to perk up.
2: I I have done that with a. We found a girl like halfway passed out on the sidewalk. She was so wasted, and we were like trying to get like find someone to call. And we literally, my other friend, my boyfriend had to hold up her eye, and I opened her phone with ID. You're a hero. We
1: are. Um, and it wasn't me, so. <laughs> Okay. Okay. yes. So she opens up the phone and then she finds an incriminating article about a stepmother who was murdered and then a photo of Cassie in the article, who's really a Jennifer and who is on the run.
2: Yes. So at this point, (laughs) the detective is at the house because Lacey has finally turned on Cassie, um, who we know is Jen now. The address Cassie gave the school is fake. She stole a dead girl's name. And Lacey (laughs) is trying to give info. He said she's probably on the run, and there's a, an officer guarding Harper. Finally. Finally.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> then they turned on an officer for Lacey because David is coming over, um, the dad, and no. David is not going to keep anyone safe. David couldn't uh, even like, keep
1: his affair secret. Don't trust like, him. Literally,
2: like, you know, you are the object of obsession of a killer. <laughs> yes. Take the cop, honey. Right. Okay, A cab, but take the cop. Take the okay? cop. Like, is. Nuts. And I have this. This also raises so many questions. It's really hard to disappear, especially when you're wanted for murder in this country. You know, like, I know. What car is she driving? Like, how have the plates not been run? Like,
1: (laughs) no, she just, and and the thing is, it's not even like, oh, this woman died and we don't have any leads. They're like, it is this girl. And they're like, we she cannot find her. Where is she? She's <laughs> just, just out a school, the next Master school criminal. over. Um, okay, so then Hope sees the detective out and while she's out there, she grabs the hidden key. And I'm like, yes, great. The key is gone, which Naomi would love that part. She Naomi <laughs> hates that white people leave keys to their house laying around. <laughs> um, okay, so then David calls and says he's on his way. And I'm like, the biggest of eye roll. And then we see Kat Cass- hiding in David's car. And I'm like, yes, this is what I was worried about. This man is not to be trusted with anyone else's life.
2: It was, it's one of the funnier shots in the movie is just I seeing it. this girl hiding under a blanket in the backseat. <laughs> and I expe- I fully expected, I was like, well, maybe this is finally when we'll get the body count that I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get like sort of bag over the face of, you know, like something. I wanted something to happen to David, but no, she just hitches a ride. <laughs> she just hitches a ride. And I also was like. She could have called an Uber, but nope. <laughs> She decided to do this.
1: David is such a scumbag. He's going to see this teen girl and be like, hey, you want to have sex? (laughs) Like, He's such an easy mark. Oh, my gosh.
2: Um, So Hope gets an urgent email, f- um, work, and ignores it. Um, Finally, so we're seeing sort of the journey of her like not caring about work anymore. David gets there. Uh, um, I totally thought he was
1: going to be dead. I was like, yeah. kill David. Kill David now. <laughs> when he
2: arrived, I was like so mad. Yeah. Um, we see that Hope is way too good for him. Yes. Hope gets out Amaretto and adds it to their coffee, and he apologizes.
1: Okay, I guess maybe I'm glad he wasn't murdered so he could finally apologize. Um, So then Lacey is upstairs getting ready for bed. And then of course, Cassie is in her room and has a knife to her neck.
3: What do you want? What do you mean, what do I want? I came back for you. Couldn't just leave you behind. What What are you talking about? I'm talking about taking your life back. From your parents who don't care about you? Your friends who don't understand you? I understand you, Lacey. Only me. Cassie. Jen.
2: Cassie, we'll just refer to her as Jen from now on, because um, this is when she starts owning that name as well. Jen says she's free and she can free Lacey too. Jen says she found Lacey through her blog, and her dad really did cheat on her mom, who killed herself Ugh. over it. And then the stepmom threw Jen out of the house, so Jen killed her
1: okay so then i'm like kind of sympathetic to jen
2: because it's like I, that's really terrible it really is but like they legally couldn't throw her out. like where were they throwing her out of the house to and also i you know what i, I do want to circle back and sort of put some blame on the mother like you got cheated on you're gonna kill yourself girl Has nothing bad ever happened to you in your life? hope
1: wouldn't do that over David.
2: Certainly not. Certainly not.
1: Well, we don't know her mental state because, I mean, it kind of makes sense because Jen's crazy.
2: Yeah. So they start to fight. (laughs) Jen is trying to stab her. Lacey yells for mom and they race up the stairs. She knocks the knife away out of Jen's hands and Jen is choking her while the door is locked. Um, Hope is trying to call the police and David tries to break down the door. When he finally gets inside, Lacey Lacey. is unconscious and Jen is hiding. Now, David immediately rushes to Lacey, which sure, Mm -hmm. but also like, you know, there's somebody else in there this, this attacking your daughter.
1: This is what I was saying. David is not who we need at the house.
2: Yeah. Um, so Cassie comes out of nowhere, hits him over the head with a trophy. Um, yeah. I guess I'm. Uh, he should be lucky that she didn't have the wherewithal to think to grab the knife. Right. Maybe a little bit more permanent solution for David, but mm-hmm. oh well. Um, so then Hope gets in the room.
0: Yes, I need the police. We have an intruder. I'm going to need an ambulance right away to 1210 Chestnut Avenue. Ah!
2: Ah! Jen starts trying to stab her, so she did know where the knife is.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, why are you
1: mad at Hope? Hope is the representation of your dead mother. Hope got cheated on.
2: That would have been really interesting if she really tried to imprint on Hope a little bit, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so then Jen slashes Hope's ankle and scampers off. And so Hope is searching around the house for Lacey because Jen has dragged her off somewhere. I mean, this bitch is strong. And then she finds the shower running. So she goes into the bedroom and she finds Lacey, but also waiting there is Jen. And then Jen yells, she deserves someone who cares about her. as she tries to stab Hope. And then Lacey comes out of nowhere and smashes a glass over Jen's head. And then they, of course, race to go get David.
2: So the detectives get there. Jen has, of course, vanished. Um, She goes out front, but she's gone. And that sort of wraps up the main storyline. And then we jump ahead three months later. The classic Lifetime. Lacey is in her graduation cap and gown. Harper shows up in hers too. She's alive. She's valedictorian. David surprises them so they can go as a family. Hope has decided to work part-time okay. so that she can spend more time with Lacey. No real career ramifications, apparently. I think she's at a different firm. I
1: think Tom and Nina, they're Hope, you can't be part-time. And I bet Nina talks so much shit about Hope now that she's gone. It's like, what? Your daughter almost got murdered? We got the Mitchell deposition. Yeah,
2: the, the Mitchell deposition. How how could she not want to be first chair? Depose Mitchell. Yeah. So uh, Harper takes a photo of David, Hope, and Lacey as a family. It goes up on her blog. And then we see Jen <laughs> looking at it from her new school. And then she asks another blonde girl to show her around, which you pointed out what school is in session if (laughs) Lacey and Harper are at graduation day?
1: I just love that Jen's like, listen, their last day of school, my first day. (laughs) Because she saw how quickly she was able to get Lacey wrapped around. She's like, all I need is finals week, okay?
2: This movie did make me think, I bet I could enroll in high school today if I wanted to.
1: Wow. And would you be going Cassie direction or would you be going never been kissed direction?
2: I think Cassie for sure. (laughs) Um, Well, I kind of wanted that, too, because Cassie did look older than them. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to reveal that, like, Cassie was actually 24, 25 years old and has been doing this for a while. Like, I just needed something more.
1: So what I thought was going to happen was that David had cheated with Jen's mom. Mm. And so she was like, I found David. He's an enemy. And now I'm going to ruin like his daughter's life, but that it, it ended up just, I guess there's a lot of dads that cheat, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, they leave it hanging. I'm going to say all's well that ends well, but Jen has a new target and there's a lot of kids with divorced parents. So this bitch is going to keep going for cycling
2: through. I, I got to say, I, if Jen were more compelling or scarier, I would have enjoyed the twist ending a little bit more, but I was sort of like these movies, They end in one of two ways. They either end in this version where we discover that the person is still alive and is out there. Or we see a horrific electrocution. Mm, (laughs) mm -hmm, I just, I wanted like, I wanted something. I I, I had a taste for blood watching this movie. And if it wasn't going to be Cassie slash Jen, then like, who's it going to be? And I was a little upset by that.
1: We also have a mother who needs kind of revenge and is a lawyer. So it's like we could have had Jen on trial with hope going, I don't want to do corporate law. I want to be a prosecutor. Yeah. And the first case she prosecutes is her daughter's attacker going to jail.
2: I don't know. Yeah. You know, tie up some of these threads, make it go make it feel like we were going somewhere. You know?
1: And now we're just going to community college. Um, Okay, so that was (laughs) Friends Who Kill. Now, Joel, I don't know if any friends would think of me as someone that would kill for them, but I know that I definitely have a friend who would kill for me. And Joel, I'm assuming that you probably do as well.
2: I do too. Okay. I I definitely feel like I am more willing to kill for my friends. Wow. Like I would be the friend who would kill for, in a lot of situations, but I definitely have, I will say Poppy Lou, uh-huh. who you know, yes. um, who played my sister on Sunnyside and have remained very close. The first thing she said to me upon meeting my boyfriend is, you know, I will kill for you. Okay, great. Um, and she said that in front of him very pointedly. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. Yeah. We all believed it. And, um, and
1: she's got like a femme fatale yes. vibe. To, like she's a very hot woman that it's like, yes, yeah, she's going to be a general They're not going to find her.
2: No, she will disappear. She's
1: multi-talented, um, looks great in wigs, outfits, you know, like I, I'm almost seeing like a Killing Eve twist yes. for
2: her. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely that. And who who is it for you?
1: Um, so for me, it's my friend, Lindsay, who was my maid of honor at my wedding and has been my friend. Well, we were in the same brownie troupe, but she was a year older than me. And then we became friends in high school. And it's one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't even have to ask her. I think if anything, I've probably called her off from killing people already. Mm-hmm. But she, she's just so, she's a nurse too. So like she has everything at her disposal. I think she could really get away with it. And there are times where, you know, we've had difficulties in our friendships because (laughs) she is insane Um, that I've been like, you know, she would kill for me. And so that is a loyalty that kind of trumps her blacking out and falling over in a gallery and knocking over a painting at a birthday party. You know, like you you look past that stuff because you go, I know she could dispose of a body.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I'm the kind of friend, I, I've done a lot of revenge-based acts for my friends, mm, um, mm-hmm. for people who have harmed them. I've I've hidden open cans of tuna in dorms. <gasps> I've done a lot of things with rotten eggs. I almost ruined a girl's car <gasps> in high school. Um, she deserved it. They all have always deserved it. Yeah. Um, but I'm a very revenge-based person. And, I, you know, in a realistic sense, would I kill? Probably not. No. But would I destroy property and make lives worse for someone who has harmed one of my friends. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, and like CJ will sometimes, actually he said this yesterday was like, if anyone ever did anything to you, I would, you know, fill in the blank. And I have said to him before, like, I actually don't need you to, you know, like I, I, you're not even, you're not even in my top five of people that I would turn to, to destroy lives of my enemies. And I think that gave him peace of mind and also frightened him that I had that many people ready to destroy his life if needed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's what love is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So sometimes at um, the end of films, especially one like this, which is, you know, set at a school and around grades, we like to do lessons learned of uh, mm-hmm. things that we are able to take away from the movie as knowledge to go forth in the rest of our everyday lives. Um, yeah. So, for example, I guess... My lesson learned would be even if you are the smartest, most capable person in a group of people, you will still be doubted. And I think that is only going to serve my delusion in this year to come, you know, because I I think of myself as a Harper, obviously. And now I know when I'm not being listened to, I'll go, well, it's because— there's a psycho teen who's brainwashing everyone. And instead of looking in on my own behavior, I'm just going to be like, this is a Harper situation.
3: No,
2: absolutely. And I guess for me, um, also sort of identifying as a Harper, my lesson learned is, you know, help them once, help them twice, mm. help them three times. But after that, you got to let your friend be murdered yeah. <laughs> by a psycho killer, okay? Because <laughs> there's only so much you can do at the end of the day if people don't want to listen.
1: Uh, three times is three strikes you're out. You know, yeah. that's baseball. And if it's something old white men are obsessed with, then I think it's good enough for this lifetime movie too. Exactly. Um, Joel, thank you so much for being here to be one of my friends who can kill at comedy and with a knife. <laughs> um, next week, we have something special and different that I'm so excited for. Our beloved Naomi Ekperrigan will be rejoining us for a special episode along with the amazing comedian and screenwriter, Jenna Brister. Um, you'll remember we actually covered one of her movies she wrote for Lifetime last year, Killer Twin. That was a great one. A masterpiece, some would say. So go back and check out that episode and the movie Killer Twin and get excited because next week, the three of us will bring our funny brains together to write another Lifetime movie plotline from scratch. Last writer's room we did with Cristella Alonzo was so much fun. And then I went on a weekend that fully materialized the plot that we had written. So I cannot wait for what is to come with Jenna and Nate. Me. Joel, thank you so much for being here. You are a lifetime king.
2: Thank you. Oh my God, it was a dream. A dream. Just a gap with my friend.
1: We will see you next week and ta-ta to all my friends who
2: would kill. I love a lifetime movie. If you love lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN, because it just might be the movie we talk about next.
1: This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. Our editor and sound mixer
2: is Jonathan Seary.
1: Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted
2: Butler. With original music by Blake Maples.
1: And hosted by me, Megan Gailey. Duh.
2: And me, Joel Booster.
1: Surprise! Oh, what a nice surprise. (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits.
2: (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha!